0: I mean you have a destiny it's imprinted in you it's implanted it's in your spirit it's part of him when he thought of you and then he formed you and created you it's in, there, it's in your spirit and um, so what? where I was going with that was that each of us have a calling and a purpose and it could be something spectacular it could be that we're in the background interceding, praying, uh, making things it, it, who knows what it is but there is no job in the kingdom. there is no position in the kingdom that is not valuable. It's just like we are all parts of the body of Jesus and you can't tell your big toe that it's not important to your body. You can't because you lose your balance, you lose your comfort you know if you if you say, Big toe, you have to go. You're not doing your job. You have to go. Or, you know, right hand, you're you're not doing your job. You have to go. You, every part of your body is unique. And I'm talking about your physical body. And I'm also talking about you in as part of the spirit body. You have a purpose and a place and a function that you were specifically designed, uniquely made, And everything that you've experienced, every trial, every hardship, everything has been to form and fashion to bring out the gold in you, the honor of vessel, the vessel of honor. There we go. In you. Amen. So all of that is, you know, it's all for purpose. Whatever your, your mess is, is your ministry. Whatever your mess is, is your message in your ministry. Amen? So, when you think of that, when you ask the Holy Spirit, and you remember we've done this exercise where we walked through the down the hall and through the door, and we saw something, and um, at different stages of your life, you will see more the Lord doesn't reveal everything all at once. I mean, He did reveal quite a bit to Joseph back when He told His brothers, Oh, I saw y'all. Y'all are going to be bound down. Where's been me? Oh, yeah, right. Well, let's throw you in a pit. But, but He will reveal, mainly, He reveals glimpses of pieces. We don't really see the whole picture, and and we don't always we definitely don't always see how we're going that picture is going to come about, right? But the word says don't despise small beginnings, because he just like he told Joshua to take the land, he said take it bit by bit, bit by bit. So everything that the Lord shows you and everything that he uh, gives you a word to do, every obedient step is important. Because another thing, too, is that if you don't take the step of obedience, especially the last command, you know, some people pray, Oh, God, give me something to do. Show me something. And the Lord is saying, Well, when are you going to do what I told you last? You know? So when are you going to do the thing I told you to do last? And you didn't do it because you didn't think it was important or whatever. But, but God has an order. He has a step. And you may very well lose your mantle, a mantle that's been put down, that's coming from heaven to do a certain thing in the body that needs to be done. So we want to um, focus on that. Our soul is imprinted with an eternal and a unique DNA. Our soul, our soul. Think about that. The way... We intellect, the way we make choices, the way we have emotions, the way we have affections. This thing is imprinted with a unique DNA. You process information unlike anyone else. And so if if the Lord were calling you to be a speaker and you think, well, I couldn't speak, who would listen to me? I tend to repeat myself over and over and over. But you know what? Your soul was designed to do that. Somebody, uh, Gene has told me many times that I repeat myself. The kids say, you repeat yourself. You know, Mom, I've heard that again. But you know what? Somebody said that, and I, and I thought about it. You know what? I'm like my Abba Daddy, because he repeated himself a lot. I am that I am. Barely, barely, I I say to you. Again, I say to you. Wow. Old and new. He says it over and over. and. And when you meditate on the word, what are you doing? You're meditating. You're you're chewing it. You're taking it again. You're chewing it again. That's what meditating is. It's taking that word, chewing it in, getting it in, and just like a cow who will take his uh, food and chew it up, and then he'll take it, th- throw it back up and chew it up again and chew it a little more. That's meditating. <laughs> it's over and over. I say, oh, I'm just like my, uh, my Abba. I'm like Abba, so I'm good with it. And you know what? The way I process information is unique to me. He designed that my brain to work just like it works. Just like it. The way I perceive, the way I take in everything. So what I have, con- what I have control of is this will. And I have some control of what I will put in my soul. What I will allow in the gates of my soul. Whether it be word or darts of the enemy. Amen? So, we have a unique DNA in our soul. Nobody processes information like you. Nobody processes a word like you. If, you. if I were to say any word, the word dog, you see something that only you see. You will not see the same dog that I see. You see? You won't see it like I see it. Every word has its own meaning which absolutely is inside of you and no one else. Amen? Alright, this unique DNA, DNA holds keys to your purpose, potential, and destiny. Eternally unique. Nobody in history as of the world or who has ever been or who ever will be is just like you. You're one of a kind. I remember thinking that I was the only Zenny in the world all my life. I thought I was the only one. And I remember my grandmother took me to see my grandmother Zenny's uh, tombstone, and her middle initial was E. Her middle initial, her middle name was Esther, and my mom couldn't remember that, so she named me Elizabeth. <laughs> but I remember seeing her name, Zenny E. Watts. And I went, oh, that was just so weird because. That was the I was the only one who had that name, and there I'm seeing my name on a tombstone, but it wasn't until the internet got invented, and I found out, oh my gosh, there's like lots of Zinnies in the world, but so that's all right, I, I still like my name, and I like everybody to have it, so it's cool. All right, so you are the only one just like you. Stir up the unique expression of God's glory and grace that he has woven into your soul. You know, when the Lord made you, when he formed you, when he fashioned you, he has such a desire to express his love to you. So his love the, the way that he wanted his love to be received from WIDA is you are the only one that can receive that love the way that God needed to show his love. Do you understand? You are the only one that can receive like Kathy. God is so inconceivable. He is so almighty. He is so incomprehensible. And he is so multifaceted. You know, it talks about the folds and folds of glory and majesty and, and, and you are the only one that when he thought of you, he's like, I need, I need to show this love to someone just like Mamie. He designed you to receive that love that only you can receive in that way. You are part of God. You are one of his extensions. To be part of his glory and grace that he is woven into your soul. Woven into your spirit and your soul. Call out and celebrate those things that make you uniquely you. Amen. And now when we think of ourselves and our soul. When we think of ourselves. And remember how in the beginning I said when somebody says your name. What's your first thought? When somebody says, Mamie, what, what do you see? What do you feel? What do you think? When somebody says, um, Sheila, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? <laughs> when you go into worship and you get into that deep worship where you're feeling God's love, nothing but his love, I want you to ask the Father to say your name and hear your name coming from the Father that's exactly like I hear him uh, just like that night when I was having that supernatural experience with the tongues and I went and I, and I was awakened and I heard him say I'm here and I began hear, you know hearing him and I, I hear my name he, he I hear him say my name like when he called me to go look at the stars that night he said Zenny you know I heard his, I heard him say my name. So when you get into worship, ask him, say, Father, call me by my name. And you never know, you might, you might have a whole nother name. (laughs) But listen, he changed Jacob's name to Israel. Okay. But just only when you're feeling that the love, the flow of the love so thick, then ask him, Father, speak my name. And let and let him hear it. Let you hear him speak it in that love. Amen. And that'll be because we want to not think of ourselves with our past junk and our past hurts and our past experience. We want to step into a new experience, yeah. a new revelation. A new way that he sees us. Amen? All right. Hold on. Oh, he's got it. This will be for this side. Yeah, when you said a while ago that there must be something deep inside, still an old wound that causes me to feel responsible for everybody else or like everybody else wants something from me. When I hear my name, that's what I think, what you want. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, I don't mind giving because I I am a giving person. But it wasn't always that kind of feeling. It was, what do you want? What do I need now? What do I have to give you now? What does everybody want from me now? And and you know what the Lord wants to do? And now I want to give freely to everybody in ways that I'm not capable of giving yet. Let's do a shift when you are in worship and you're feeling the love of the Father and you ask Him, Father, will you say my name? What is going to happen is you, here's the shift, is that he's going to say your name and, and with it is going to be all the blessings that he wants to give you, not anything required of you. Okay? That's the shift. It's your name is going to, just like the name Israel, full of all of God's abundance and blessing. Amen? So we're making a shift. All right. So when you think about your uniqueness and how you were designed for him to express his love in a unique way just for you, That's what he wants to do. That's what our father is all about. He's, he does, you know, the only, the only, he he loves our praise and worship. Why? Because when we praise and worship him, it's like a mirror. We begin to reflect him. It's like when we praise and worship the great I am, we be, we reflect him. We become like Him. His beauty, we become His beauty. We become His glories. You understand? We are created like a mirror. Amen. Be grateful for the gift that God created you to be. Rejoice in the wonder and the majesty that is you. Amen. Amen. This is from Pablo Picasso and I like to just throw out interesting quotes and thoughts because um, it causes us to think and shift and see things. It says, Each second we live in a new and unique moment of the universe, a moment that will never be again. And what we, and, and do we teach What do we teach our children? We teach them that two and two make four and that Paris is the capital of France. When will we also teach them what they are? We should say to each of them, do you know what you are? You are a marvel. You are unique. In all the years that have passed, there's never been another child like you your legs, your arms, your clever fingers. The way you move, you may become a Shakespeare, a Michelangelo, or a Beethoven. Beethoven. You have the capacity for anything. Just like Lee, she's all unique. Who skips like Lee and leaps like Lee and jumps like Lee? She's unique. It and says awesome, like <laughs> awesome, yeah! <laughs> Praise God. So when we think about that, think about what we. How do we talk to our children? Yeah. How do we teach them? Here's a Henry Henry David Thoreau. Thoreau, if a man does not keep pace with his companions, perhaps it is because he hears a different drummer. Let him step to the music which he hears, however measured or far away. So we're all unique, we're all different and it's okay. And that's why I like the gems teaching because then you can begin to understand the differences and how they work together. Amen. Your uniqueness from God's perspective list five aspects of your personality that make you special. List five desires that are uniquely yours, and you might want to write this down because this will be some homework for you to do when you think about yourself, list five strengths that you bring to the table and list five talents that God has given you to be a steward of. And as you ask the Lord to help you answer these questions, because there may be things that you're unaware of. There may be parts of your personality that that you just never identified or desires that you've never identified. There may be strengths that you've never identified. There may be talents that you've never identified. So ask the Holy Spirit. Always ask the Holy Spirit to answer these questions because some of these things may have not been imparted to our conscious thinking yet. Amen. All right. Okay. We ready? Got it? Okay. Praise God because you are unique. Psalms 139. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. Amen. Passion. Okay. We're going to touch on, let me see my time. All right, mm-hmm. Psalms one thirty nine one. I will praise you. Fourteen, yeah, one thirty nine fourteen. Excuse me. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Whew. that's pretty. I mean, it's amazing when you think about how we're made. I mean, just uh, us. It's just like it is amazing, and sometimes we just don't take time to thank God that oh. Wow, my heart's beating. I didn't even tell it to take that beat. All everything's working. I don't I'm not even thinking about it. It's just working. Praise God. If you feel if you feel like uh something isn't working one day, you can get up and and speak this scripture. If you feel like my legs not working, my head's not working, whatever, just speak this scripture over your body. It'll straighten right on up. Passion. This is Revelation 13.10 out of the Message Bible. Are you listening to this? They've made their bed, now they must lie in it. Anyone who marked for prison goes straight to prison. Anyone pulling a sword goes down by a sword. But here's the scripture, the part of the scripture. Meanwhile, God's holy people passionately and faithfully stand their ground. And as we, as I introduce these words, you know, we go over different words. We go over truth. We go over capacity. We go over, you know, the different words that I introduce and then uniqueness. And, uh, these words are for you to analyze, to, to soak in the spirit and let him identify the things in your soul about you. Okay. So when it comes to passion, passionately and faithfully stand their ground all of us need passion we're we're we're, passion is like fire it's like the fuel we can have we can be passionately rebellious (laughs) you know what i mean we could have the wrong our passion can be misdirected you know our passion is is powerful amen we have a passion for God. We have a passion for His Word, a passion for righteousness, a passion for His love, a passion for His, all the fruits of the Spirit. Amen. And we want to tap into a passion, embracing our passions. With passion, we have the vision, the eye to see what is possible and the fortitude to pursue it. See, one of my passions is to see my children saved and serving the lord full of the holy spirit that's a passion in me and i'm fervently praying because the word says the effective prayer of a fervent prayer of a righteous one is is uh, mighty i don't remember exactly it what it much. avails much that's right so i i claim my righteousness because of the blood and i say here's the effective fervent prayer mm-hmm. amen but that's my that's my passion. Lee's passion is teaching. You can't run into her without her teaching you something. <laughs> so you want to identify what are you passionate about? You know what is your passion? Is your passion to see people uh, healed physically? Is your pas- What is your passion? Because that passion is part of is part of where God's taking you. It's also going to be where you're going to end up. Whether your passions are in the right place or the wrong place. Your passions are powerful. So tap into it. Let the Holy Spirit reveal to you what your passions. Passions will cause you to take risks and stand against the odds. And I love that. Because you know... um, Well, I just tell this, you know, Gene obviously has a passion for pulling people out of their comfort zones and stepping them into a realm and to a purpose and to doing something because he sees something that you, you know, you won't even know. And then you're able to actually do that. It's like, wow, you didn't know you could do that. But there's a passion that God puts in us, and it it could be a passion to see people uh, become free or people to become who God created them to be you know I had I developed a passion to get my soul right when I realized how messed up it was. I, I was like Lord I don't know how to fix this and I just like you know prayed every day and took communion every day and focused on a word Thessalonians second Thessalonians 5:23 I said we're just gonna we're gonna start here. this has got to get fixed. Amen. I became passionate about it. And now I'm teaching soul shifters. (laughs) So your passion, see, I got driven with a passion. And I was driven because, you know, there are two things that are going to drive you. There's the carrot, the desire, and there's the stick, the pain. Wow. And I I realized that if I didn't get that right, it was going to mess up not only my life, but everybody's life. And I'm like, God, you have to help me conquer this demonic stronghold and get free and give me the, whatever I need. Help me do it. I became very passionate about it. So your passion is going to define your future. And if you say, well, you know, I just don't think I'm passionate about anything. Well, then something is not alive in your soul. And you need to find out what's not what's sleeping, what's not alert, what's not aware. You need to awaken, awaken, O oh sleeper, to your destiny, to your passion, to the thing that God's implanted. So what what are your passion what you're passionate about are God's given desires. God's desires in you will move you from your self-centered realm. God's desires will move you and I, and see that was part that became my passion let me tell you something my passion to get my soul straight was not for me but i began to realize the damage that i was doing to everybody else because i was very comfortable going into my pity parties i've been doing it all my life i was very comfortable sinking to the lowest pit you know, almost feeling suicidal. I was very that was my way of being. You know, up and down. Up and down. But I when I realized the damage that I could do to other people, I realized I have to get this right. Amen. Because love has got to win. Love conquers all. And I became passionate about my soul and the problems that I had to overcome. So God's desires in you will move you from being self-centered. And see, that passion that I had for the soul to be right was driven by love. I had love for people that I was affecting. And I could see how I, I was hurting people. See? Love. Is the, is, is, is the passion that we need for everything. Amen. God's desires in you will cause you to live on a higher plane and tap into the dimension of the supernatural ability and resources. Just like I'm telling you, when you get full of anxiety and you feel like the resources aren't there, you've got to tap into that higher dimension. You gotta tap into God's love for you. He was telling you all along, I love you. I love you, Kathy. I've got this. It's gonna all work out. And some and, and I'll tell you that the, another thing that's helped me is that if I begin to feel anxiety or whatever like that, I just shift and say, I go into, I shift like, oh, this is already all worked out. It is somewhere I mean, it's in another realm but it's already worked out <laughs> it's it's already worked out oh i don't have to figure all that out that that's how i feel about my house at Honey Ridge. you know i'm looking at a major ordeal there and i and so i just have to shift oh oh that's already worked out in fact you know a year from now i'll look back and say oh, that was god did that <laughs> you know god solved that Yes. So I just shift and tap into a higher realm. The supernatural dimension of resources. I don't have to see it all. I don't have to know where it all's coming from. I don't have to figure it all out. It, it, that's all done. It's done. It's done in the spirit realm. It's done. I'm just going to go right there and live there till it's, you know, till it manifests. Amen. All right. When work... Commitment, this is from Nancy Coey. She's a keynote speaker. It says, when work, commitment, and pleasure all become one, and you reach that deep well where passion lives, then nothing is impossible. Isn't that something? When you can work and be committed and love love what you do, love everything about it, then the deep well of passion lives. And, you know, if we, if we impart love into everything we do, listen, when I was going to college and I did not know how to study, I mean, I ran errands in high school and I made A's and everybody loved me, but I did not know how to study. I did not know how to work like that. I mean, I could work, i worked physically all my life, but I did not know how to study in a book. I did not know how to work like that. And that was a hard thing for me to, to look at that. And I remember I read out of Cahill Gibran, work is love made visible. So I began to love my German teacher and my German book or love that history book. I, I ignited love. I ignited love and it began to ignite a passion. And then I ignited my ruby and said, I'm going to be, I'm going to know more than that teacher knows. I'm going to know more than that professor knows. You know? And I remember a philosophy teacher came up to me because uh, I was the only one who had straight 100 across the board while everybody else was flunking. And it's, and because I, I, ignited that passion and that love and it wasn't just memorizing i challenged my mind i challenged the philosophies that held on to my faith but i was able to understand the philosophers many many philosophers totally get what they were saying and anyway and he came up to me he said, "Zinni, you really are unique i was like oh okay but, you know, he, he it was just like a confirmation that I was on the right track. This love and passion for those skills. I, listen, I did not like it. I did not like sitting in a book and trying to study and read and understand. I did not. But I developed the love for it. And it, and then I found it got easier and easier. I found that if I could sit and start studying uh, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, you know, just get through that first 5, 10 minutes, then all of a sudden I'm in it. Whew. I'm doing it, it's easy (laughs) amen, so anything that you do, and I'll tell you another thing anything that you feel is hard or you resist just love it love everything about it love the people involved, love everything about it, and you will be amazed at that shift and how if you just get through that first 5-10 minutes all of a sudden woo! I'm into it this is great Amen. How you talk to yourself is important, too. So you want to develop your passion. What are you passionate about? How can you harness the power of your passions to establish yourself? How can you harness the power of your passions to take dominion? And we are talking taking dominion for the kingdom. Amen. We want to harness these passions. Make a difference in your family, your community, or your country. I was talking to Sharon, Dr. Lee's wife, yesterday, and she was talking about how that there are something like billions of Christians, but because we didn't get involved in politics, because everybody just like, oh, that we've lost so much of the political war, you know, the... Christians have lost the ground in the political arena because there was nobody ignited. Nobody had a passion, and they were sleepers. And I really do believe that that we can be blinded by the enemy if you're a sleeper in an area and you're slumbering and you're not, you know, I'm not going to think about that. You know, you better ask the Holy Spirit what your part is in that. Because you have we all have a responsibility, we all have a part to make a difference. Amen. And if, if if Christians ever banded together, we could change this whole thing. We are the only country out of all history. Every country was kingdom oriented. You had kings and princes and dominions. And it was you know, before God tried to create a people without a king, a kingless generation that would depend on God, but then the people cried out for a king. And we are the only country that that created a constitution. Amen? And, and so we're not dependent on a king, but somehow our slumberness has caused a lot of problems okay so we want to we want to tap into and ask the holy spirit you might be shocked at what he tells you lord what should i be passionate about you might be surprised he might tell you to go direct traffic for school children across the street you don't know what he might tell you but be open to him and let him show you something about your destiny. How can you tap into these passions to go and do your best? Unique passions, love. Go and do your best. Are complete with giving. This is in 2 Corinthians 8 7 out of the message. It says he this is Paul, and he was talking, this was totally spontaneous, entirely their own idea. He's talking about a church, how they just went crazy in giving he said and caught us completely off guard. What explains it was that they had first given themselves unreservedly to God and to us. In other words, these people just gave themselves to God and to serving Paul. And he said the other giving simply flowed out of the purposes of God working in their lives. That's what prompted us to ask Titus to bring the relief offering to your attention so that what What's so well begun could be finished up. You do so well in so many things. You trust God. You're articulate. You're insightful. You're passionate. You love us. Now do your best in this too. So he was telling them about this other church, how they just completely surrendered unreservedly to God. And then their offerings were just off the chart. And he's saying to uh, these others, you know, hey, Look how God has blessed them. Because God does bless the giver. Amen. All right. Let's see what time it is. It's seven o'clock. And we're, our next, we'll, we'll step into some joy. Y'all want to step in?